0: And one of the things that you have to recognize about it, like for instance, an aid on that's not on your team, is that they just think they're doing the right thing, and it's not about you. Especially as a four, I take that stuff seriously. This is a show about self-discovery.
1: About understanding ourselves.
0: About looking into the mirror to see the good. The bad. And the unknown of who we are.
1: This is about how we relate to God.
0: And everyone else.
1: From Love Thy Neighborhood. In Louisville, Kentucky.
0: Welcome. Welcome.
1: Welcome to the Ennea Cast.
2: Welcome to the Enneacast. I am Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Sam Stevenson. Every episode, we walk you through the Enneagram. And today... We're going to be talking about conflict resolution.
3: My favorite topic.
2: Yeah, this this is the stuff that keeps you up at night. Yes, (laughs) tension, (laughs) conflict.
3: Just count me out. It's either I'm
2: either really good at it or really bad at it. So, well, there's there's, there's two choices. (laughs) Yep. Uh, So, uh, you know, this is another topical episode for us. Um, We feel like this is just a really important one because if you are breathing. You encounter conflict. Yeah. It's just a natural thing that all human beings deal with because we are all different. And sometimes there's issues of, you know, sin and shortcomings and, you know, serious relational strife. Mm-hmm. So we all have conflict Yeah, The closer issues. you
3: get to people, the more you'll run into things about them that you don't like or they'll run into things about you that they don't like. And so, um, yeah, we really think that as as you go and as you're trying to improve your relationships with the Enneagram that this topic really is you know, step two or three in that conversation is, "Hey, how do I how do I manage conflict? How do I deal with people that are different from me?"
2: Yeah. So, um, so I was in an airport uh, a few months ago, and I came across this book, The Modern Enneagram. Ooh. So, Sam, tell us, uh, tell us who this book is by because we're gonna lift a fair amount of material from these folks.
3: Yeah, Casey Berghoff and Melanie Bell wrote the book called The Modern Enneagram, and they talk all about. Different ways of looking at the Enneagram, Enneagram at work, Enneagram in relationships, different triads that we were were learning about that we uh, really find fascinating. So we're excited to pull from some of this stuff today in this episode.
2: Yeah, and while, you know, they're not pulling so much from a Christian perspective in this particular book, but what we really did like is we liked their exploration of the conflict resolution styles. Essentially, in the same way that uh, we've talked about that the Enneagram is broken into three triads, there are also a series of other sort of sub-theories. I don't know what to call them, Uh, but these sub-theories essentially... Say that there are other types of pairings that happen. So there's not just the heart triad, the head triad, the gut triad, mm-hmm. but that there's other types of triads as well. Yeah.
3: So basically, this theory or this this outlook on the enneagram says that whenever you encounter conflict, that you'll you'll approach conflict and you'll manage conflict in one of three ways, and that that is determined based on your number. And so we'll we'll get to that teaching and we'll try to break those numbers down for you. Um, but yeah, it's super interesting to think about. Oh, these people do have some things in common, even if they don't belong in the same. Uh, orientation triad, like the head, heart, and gut.
2: So, uh, so three enneagram types each prefer one of the harmonic styles, and all of the styles have valuable strengths and challenges associated with them. So, let's talk about that now. So, the first conflict resolution style triad that we're going to talk about, they are called the emotional realness triad, and you guys y'all's my peeps you're my people because yeah. that is mine i am i am in emotional the emotional real yeah trade. that yeah. sounds like fours belong in that triad no offense well yeah. we do we yeah. we are like the gang leaders uh <laughs> no so uh fours are in that but also sixes sixes are also in that i am married to a six mm-hmm. uh and you i've got to say real. yeah that is a huge thing like a huge uh component in my marriage and a big thing that attracted Lindsay and I to one another was just emotional realness. And then the uh the other type kind of surprised me a little bit, but it makes sense, which is the eight. Ooh yeah, yeah, I can see that. Because they like they're very straightforward. They don't like to beat around the bush. They
3: don't like Uh, When you skip over their feelings, they don't like weakness. And so that would make a ton of sense why that particular number is in the emotional realness triad.
2: Yeah. So these folks are skilled at drawing out emotions and feelings and in conflicts and challenges. uh, The first thing that they want to process is their feelings and they want to hear emotional responses from others in order to bring pressing needs to the surface. So with fours, you know, you're going to get more of that really large emotional gamut so maybe they're feeling really really happy or really really Mm -hmm. sad you know the eights aren't going to express that as much a lot of times the eights are going to uh, be centered more around sort of the intensity by which they're feeling and experiencing that moment. And uh, and then the same thing with the six. The six really wants you to understand uh, maybe the fears that they're having or the anxieties that they're having. And they want to make sure that all the truth, the emotional truth is on the table. And so, uh, so yeah, so these, these three types are known as the emotional realness triad.
3: I have a question about that. So um, as someone who's not in this triad, Do you typically think that conflict is first – if I get all my emotions out, if you know what I'm feeling, that will help us resolve the conflict? Is that another way to think about this triad?
2: Um, Maybe so. I think that this triad gets preoccupied with making sure that we're heard, you Mm -hmm. know? And so there's an orientation not so much that, hey, if if they hear me, it'll fix it, but – there's no way this will be fixed if I'm not heard. So we at least need to start there. Mm -hmm. Let's get all the realness out on the table. Here's the truth of where we are and here's the truth of what I'm feeling and Mm -hmm. here's the truth of what's going on with you. Um, So we get all that out on the table first. And then after that, then we can start to figure out logistics and decisions that have to be made. And yeah. And so, so for forth. you,
3: it especially it comes into identity and being understood. Yeah. And I think for sixes, it's if I don't know exactly what your emotions are, then there's some sense of skepticism that I could carry. And then I think for eights, if emotions aren't present and on the table and all, if all the cards aren't on the table, then there's some sense of betrayal that could happen.
2: Yeah. Now, but here's the warning, though. The, the, the warning, though, for folks in in this emotional realness triad is if they get fixated on, the most important thing is that all of my emotions get aired. Mm-hmm. And you got two people that all they want to do is they want to air all the things they're feeling just because we're feeling it doesn't mean that it requires a response. Just because we're feeling it doesn't mean that it's going to fix things. Just mm-hmm. because we're feeling it doesn't make it morally good. And right. so so these folks have to be aware that just because we're airing all of our emotional stuff does not necessarily mean we're moving in a positive direction. Mm-hmm. So while we may start there we do ultimately need to move on into some objective action. Yeah, you have
3: to own your emotions and then ask, what are your emotions telling you? How are they communicating your truth to you and, and able to move forward and, and resolve that conflict?
2: Okay, so the uh, so the second conflict resolution triad that we're going to talk about is the positive outlook triad. I love this triad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you are in this triad. I am. So
3: seven, nines, and twos are in the positive outlook triad. And we... Uh, excel at making the best out of any challenge or any shortcoming. Uh, We tend to take a broad view, um, a view where the problem is not so much a big deal. At anything, we can just reorient the way that we're thinking. It's all about perspective and just changing perspective. So seeing positivity and finding hope in the dark times is, uh, it helps everybody. You know, I think that you need friends that can take a positive outlook in times of heartache. But the downside is that that can Uh, really shortchange the pain of that moment and you can actually deny um, there's a sense of denial that comes in with positive outlook it's a lack of ownership of actual pain and shortcoming and suffering Um, and so not addressing that conflict can cause it to grow bigger than it would have if it were just to be acknowledged right away
2: yeah because sometimes you know it's just so painful the idea of trying to um, to acknowledge that something really difficult or painful is happening Mm -hmm. Um, and the idea of that is so overwhelming that people are like no 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 like Everything's good. Everything's good. I, Everything's good, I promise. Yeah. Everything's happy. Man, this
1: is so true. It's-
2: and, and that's not, but it's not what's going on. Like sometimes yeah. there's like really tough stuff, you know? Um, I mean, I've, I've heard of stories of, you know, people losing their jobs because they really didn't perform their jobs well. And when you go and ask them about it, they go, well, it was for the better. You mm-hmm. know, I just feel like there's something better out there for me. It must and not like, have
3: been meant to be. Yeah. yeah. They're just like, there's a sense of like if I just change my perspective, if I can just put a positive spin on this, then it'll make it go away or it's not a big deal. Um, So it is, you know, it is great to have people that can take a positive outlook in life, but it really does come at the expense of uh, really owning the truth of the moment. I think that um, we fall short in that category uh, to actually sit with the pain and sit with the, the conflict and even Because I think if you're always trying to take a positive outlook, that also shows a lack of ownership. Like, if I'm in a conflict and I'm like, everything's okay, everything's fine, I'm not willing to acknowledge my own weaknesses and my own uh, shortcomings and my own faults in that conflict.
2: Now, but the good news is this, though, is that I I appreciate folks that are in this triad because, you know, there can be a sense of some of us that are in, like, the emotional realness triad. Sometimes we get kind of pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate folks that are in this positive outlook triad because they can go, hey, there is potentially a really great path forward in this situation. Now, I don't like it when I feel like that is smokescreen, you know, for people not wanting to deal with their issues mm-hmm. or if they're trying to smokescreen me because they want me to sign off on something that's unrealistic. Right. But I do really like it when I feel like it's it's pretty sober. It's the hope genuinely seems to be rooted in the Lord. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. I appreciate that.
3: Yeah, I think that it's important to to I think this Uh, conflict style is about uh, perspective and orientation. And if we just change the way we're processing this experience, then uh, we can move forward. And so I think uh, the emotional realness triad, maybe in particular, can kind of err on the side of my emotions are the truest thing about this moment. And the positive outlook can kind of scope and say like, or, you know, raise the scope and say, well, what if we just look at it a different way? So yeah, that makes sense.
2: Okay, so that brings us to our final conflict resolution triad, which is known as the competency triad, which neither of us I are in. envy this triad. We That'll are in the really incompetent <laughs> triads. Great, yeah. Uh, so these folks, these are our ones, our threes, and our fives. Mm. They're just natural problem solvers. These folks are people that are oriented around what's the bottom line, Mm -hmm. what are the solutions, and what can we do in order to fix this situation? So they are very, very detailed and action-oriented. So it's not as much about I need to express all my emotions, and it's not as much about let's just have a great outlook on things. Mm -hmm. But these folks are about... What's the, what's the problem in the assembly line? Just fix the problem and let's yeah. get this going again.
3: I feel like all these types are very heady even though, you know, ones are in the gut triad, threes are in the heart triad. I I just sense that these people are very analytical, very detail oriented and very just quick to make decisions and really utilize their skills and their analytic minds and unfortunately they also view conflict as if we were to just articulate and be competent about this, then we'll be able to move forward. And so the downside is that they either avoid their actual feelings and emotions, um, so they don't always take their emotional needs into consideration. They just want to try to filter it all through competency and analytical uh, mindsets. And so, um,
2: yeah. And so sometimes it's really tough for these folks to just sit down and to listen to someone just sort of unpack their emotional stuff Mm -hmm. because these folks are like, yeah, but what do we need to do?
3: Yeah. They're always trying to solve the problem and the puzzle in their mind. And
2: sometimes it's the way that you solve it is literally just by sitting with people and being with them. There's not like an action that you need to go do beyond just being present with people. And so these folks can get a little frustrated. Frustrated, You know, if emotions, uh, you know, start to weigh down the process. Um, so uh, so these are our three conflict resolution triads. So, again, we had the emotional realness triad. Those are fours, sixes and eights. We had the positive outlook triad. Yay. That is the sevens, the nines and the twos. And we have the competency triad, and that is the ones, the threes, and the fives. So uh, when we come back, we will be talking with our friends from the No Chill Enneagram podcast. We've got Rich Clark and Bethany Perkins here with us, so stay with us.
3: Do issues of poverty and injustice make you feel heartbroken, overwhelmed, or confused? Are you like many young adults who see all of these needs happening around the world but you just don't know where to start?
2: Well, we can help with that. Love Thy Neighborhood is an urban missions agency for young adults impacting social justice issues, both physically and spiritually. We've helped hundreds of young adults just like you do justice and build better Christian community.
3: We partner with over a dozen nonprofits throughout the city that are on the front lines of causes like crisis
2: pregnancy, homelessness, orphan care, refugees, and more. Or perhaps you want to contribute in a way that's a little bit more behind the scenes. We also have internship tracks in the areas of nonprofit leadership, as well as media and design and visual arts. So if you're between the ages of 18 and 30, head over to our website at lovethyneighborhood.org. Take a look at all of the different causes where you can make an impact. Choose the ones that you're most passionate about, and we will pair you up with an organization where you will make a real difference in real lives.
3: We offer opportunities for a summer or a year. So again, head over to our website, lovethyneighborhood.org and apply now.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Cast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. I'm Sam Stevenson. Okay, so when we launched the Cast, uh, what was that, just about a month ago, mm-hmm. um, around that same time when we were starting to do work on it, I reached out to a friend of mine and he said wait, we are working on our own Enneagram podcast. And so with that being said, uh, we are very excited right now to have our friends from No Chill Enneagram, which is an awesome podcast. Super fun. Mm -hmm. They have fascinating guests. They talk about ridiculous, funny Enneagram things. Uh, So joining us now is Richard Clark and Bethany Perkins. Hey, Hey, guys. guys. Hey. Hi. Well, okay. So today we're talking about conflict resolution. You know, what did you guys think about these conflict resolution triads? What what kind of jumped out at you?
1: I think it's super interesting and I think it's super accurate. Um, I also, I think it's really interesting that it's like one number from each of the triads in each stance.
0: That's true. That is, that is interesting because yeah. you would think like the heart triad would be the emotional realness. Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah, I guess for our for our audience, uh, we need to introduce you all as your type. So Rich is a four wing three, like Jesse and Bethany, and I are in the same triad. But she's a two, and I'm a nine. So it's we don't have any competent people on this podcast. <laughs> uh, we do, but no. like not in the way that we manage conflict.
2: Yeah, so so I don't know. So Rich, does it resonate with you? Like when you think about the emotion, the emotional realness stuff. It definitely, yeah, a hundred percent. I was just thinking of like a
0: couple. Uh, moments I've had in the last few days where it's just been like, to me, just talking something out can be extremely helpful for other people. I was having a conversation with between my wife and a friend and my friend is a seven and my wife is a six. So me and her like talking out our feelings in front of this person, like that was like a very real dynamic that was happening in that moment. And it was actually super helpful. It was it was almost like, I mean, it was definitely like a moment where this, like, this friend is helping us with our marriage counseling. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, and it was a very conscious, like, oh, man, I'm glad this person is here to sort of talk us down from the ledge when we're not exactly like yelling at each other, but we're having a very deep and like intense conversation about our feelings in that <laughs> moment. Her fears and my sadness, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you guys find so, you know, so my wife is a six and we can get to where, you know, we both get oriented around making sure that we're both heard and that we've expressed our emotions. And then we Mm -hmm. get sort of just stuck in this feedback, like this emotional feedback loop where we're not like moving on to like, okay now what do we need to do? We just get stuck on like. Hey, I want to make sure you you heard me. I mean, do you guys do you guys have that dynamic? Yeah,
0: that does that does resonate. And I think it's just really hard sometimes to believe that the other person has really heard you when they're not articulating something in the way that you meant to say it, which is where the disconnect can be sometimes.
3: Yeah, so Bethany, um since you and I are in like the positive Alec triad, do you find that like your tendency to just like try to put a silver lining on things instead of, like, actually just saying, like, man, that sucks. I'm really sorry. I don't really know what to do. Like, how does that play out for you um, as a two? Yeah, especially,
1: I think, in relationship with people in the emotional realness triad. Um, yeah, because they they will share their their very real feelings with me. And then I just have this, like, impulse to, like, bring out the positive or... And I really don't want to like dismiss what they said or um, like make it go away. But I do want to offer something hopeful to help.
3: Yeah, I would say that's similar for me. Like I always feel like, yeah, like especially I think more so in the emotional realness versus the competency, because I think competency, I can at least try to level with them. But emotional realness just seems so much more like not fragile, but just there's a lot more. Uh, it's a lot stickier, I would say, of somebody that's just like really being really raw and really emotional with you. I always want to say, like, yeah, but look at this. And like, and, I, and I've learned the hard way that mm-hmm. that's actually dismissive of what they're saying. So it's encouraging for you all both to for, for Rich and Jesse both to say like actually it's helpful for us to have positive outlook because we can get stuck in that loop like I think I only it's hard for me to see yeah. that like the positivity is actually a gift instead of just like I'm minimizing or I'm dismissing or negating all of the the stuff that you're actually trying to get across mm-hmm. so
2: okay so let me let me throw out uh, let me throw out this question so I think a lot of folks that are listening to this episode right now they gravitated towards it because there are people in their life. That they have significant conflict with, that they they want to move towards having better relationships with those folks, or figuring out a way forward. In light of that, you know, uh, Rich and Bethany, you guys, you know, you you're thinking about the enneagram all the time, and you're thinking through just all the enneagram blender. You know, it's just all the stuff thrown in together. You know what what kind of advice do you? What advice would you give to a listener that is like? but what do I do about this hard relationship that I have and I'm trying to figure out how to make it through all this conflict that I'm dealing with?
0: I think like one of the things that's helped me the most is just a deep dive on their number. I know this is not,
1: Hmm. yeah,
0: this is maybe an overly simplistic answer. I don't know, but to me, I often like, like agonize almost like especially as a four i find it really helpful and probably bethany as a two as well i find it really helpful to just go into a deep empathetic meditation on what that person is like feeling as say a five which is one of the most difficult numbers for me i do have certain struggles with sixes i have struggles with eights at times and i have to really step back and go you know especially with like an eight that's not on my team right that that can be one of the hardest people to deal with is an eight that's not on your team because they are mm-hmm. destroying you. Every, yeah, every yeah, chance they yeah. get. And um, and one of the things that you have to recognize about like for instance, an eight on that's not on your team is that they just think they're doing the right thing, and it's not about you. Especially as a four, I take that stuff seriously and personally. I take that stuff personally. So. If an eight is running over me for whatever reason, that's not right. Objectively, that shouldn't happen. But it isn't about who I am and it isn't about what they think of me. It's more about what they're doing in their world. And I think that actually helps me quite a bit because I can be in my own world, too. Right. Like I can (laughs) I have my own things where and Bethany has seen this happen where I can have feelings that I think are kept to myself somehow. But they radiate outward yeah and totally like a yeah. shockwave and destroy everything in everyone's path I think that is just about me but everyone else is interpreting that about right th- to be as something about them so I think just like really digging into what that person is feeling and from that perspective can be really valuable
1: yeah I think because the Enneagram teaches us um people's deepest needs and like what most deeply motivates them and what they're afraid of um if you know that about the person that you're having a conflict with or you have a really difficult and strenuous relationship with this person and if you can understand what is their deepest need in life and what is mine and maybe what am i doing to trigger their fears right now Mm -hmm. or make them feel like their needs are not being met what are they doing that's not meeting my needs? I remember um, learning about one of my coworkers and best friends as a six. And we had this conflict. Like we had only been working together for a few months. And I just felt like it was so confusing to me. I felt like she way overreacted. Um, and I just could not wrap my mind around what, how she responded to something that I did. Uh-huh. But after learning that she was a six, I was like, oh, that made her feel extremely unsafe. I, like I broke her trust in that moment. And I didn't realize how much that would mean to her. So
0: we, we talked about this on our last episode on uh, a recent episode of our podcast where um, I was at I was working with someone and I was sort of like making an argument about a thing we were working on and. They they told me to stop being so emotional and like what Bethany said about triggers is true. There are little things you can do to set a particular number off, and to, if you want to set off a four, who is trying <laughs> not to be an emotional? Yeah. You just mm-hmm. say you just tell them not to be an <laughs> em- emotional because that like that's the kind of thing where it's like I'm just being me right now, and I'm actually quite restrained <laughs> at this
2: moment. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. Give me a little credit. Yeah, my wife who's a six. If I say to her, hey, just calm down. Oh shoot. But here we go. Like it's on now. You mm. know, because yeah, because that's not yep. that's not yep. fair.
0: Yeah, I got in a really bad habit for a while of of saying chill out <laughs> 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 to my sixth wife, and that was not a good that was not a good pattern. And
2: then she said, I have no chill, and then you said, I'll name my podcast <laughs> that right is that how that works?
0: that's the story of (laughs) no chill and we'll
2: be
3: right back (laughs) yeah i think you guys are getting at a good point though it's really is just taking that time to um to consider other people's perspectives and uh really that is like step one if of resolving conflict if i could give like a blanket statement of like how do you overcome conflict it's okay it's less about me and what i'm experiencing and more about how can i understand their posture and where they're coming from because if i can understand that person then i'll be able to to understand how they're impacting me, and then we'll be able to articulate that, and then we'll be able to move forward. And so, I think for anybody listening that's attempting to resolve conflict in their in their life, or uh, whether it's an active conflict or just thinking about past conflicts they've had, really do try to take that step of understanding: what do you know about that person? What are the things that uh, they've shared that that they're passionate about, and what are the pain points and their fears or their, uh, you know, shame or guilt or whatever it is that they're kind of reckoning with, and Can you understand that? And then if you can, what does that come into your relationship with them? And how can you move forward?
2: Yeah, I also think it's important to say, though, you know, if we're going to talk about conflict resolution, I feel like it's also important to say that sometimes there really are just impasses. Mm. Like there are just no, Jesse, there are just no, no, Uh, (laughs) don't. You can't say that to a knife. That's right. Uh, I'm saying I'm contending (laughs) (laughs) because, listen, there are just some there are just some relationships in life. That like there's just not going to be a way forward. Mm-hmm. That that just there's a certain level of of brokenness, and that could be abuse of trust. That could yeah. be uh, you know, manipulation. That could be that the other person is just in a state of dishealth, and maybe so am I, mm-hmm. you know, where there are just some people I just need not to have in my life for everyone's betterment. Right. And and some people just need to know, like, there's there are just times where you got to let some people go. Mm-hmm. And that's super, super hard. Like, But what was a journey for me was coming to the realization that the Lord loves everybody uh, and he wants to bring transformation to people's lives. But not everybody is my burden to carry. Ooh, like, yeah. there are certain relationships that I'm called to, but there are also certain ones that I know definitively he has asked me to relinquish and to let go. Mm-hmm. Um, to entrust him with that. Instead yeah, of he's got
3: it. Yeah, it's a, I think it comes down to boundaries and what is mine to own, what is on them. And yeah, I think when we talk about relationships, there is there needs to be that balance of just understanding realistic expectations, I think, too, is a really good um like lens and scope to think about when we're talking about relationships of, okay, what's realistic given that person and given our history?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, um, but I have noticed, I, I feel like certain numbers are better at letting go of relationships or even just decisions that other people make that aren't their responsibility than others. So mm. as a four, I can super do that. Like it's not yeah. a problem for me to sort of withdraw from a situation if it's not right in front of me or it's not affecting my emotional state. Yeah. Um, But then also, if it is, like, I'm stuck there, you know? Um, And I think, like, I think there are other numbers that have a problem like seeing something that, you know, like a one is a great example. Like a one, seeing a person being immoral, they're going to freak out over that even when they can do nothing about it right yeah yeah Um, well
1: even like i'm listening to you say that as a two and letting go of relationships and and i'm mm. like ah like my stomach hurts (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's that's really hard yeah really really hard for twos because relationships are everything and i think actually the positive outlook probably plays into that where i'm like I want this relationship like, yes, there's conflict, but I want it to go back to the way that it used to be, or I know it can be better and I just want to get there no matter what. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I remember one day I walked into the office and uh, one of the women on our staff, um, she is a two on the Enneagram. And she was backing up and really, really reevaluating a a ton of primary relationships in her life uh, with coworkers, with friends, with family, with parents. And I walked in and she had like five books on boundaries that she was reading. (laughs) <laughs> and and then she like but then she like she went to this she like,
1: recommend some to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. We'll some, yeah. yeah we'll she actually she
2: teaches we have a workshop we teach on boundaries and she teaches it. And it's it's awesome. Um, but she um, she went through a stage where for about six months she practiced saying no. She would say no before she would say yes. So if somebody said, can you do this, this, and this? She would say no, Mm. and then maybe she'd come back around and change her mind. But she just really – she had to go through that phase where she was like, I don't understand boundaries. So let me go through a season where I'm going to set up some clear boundaries, and then – after I've learned that, then I can begin to actually have some—almost like know, a, some healthy ones.
3: Uh, People pleasing detox.
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, um, yeah, because
1: just saying no in and of itself is conflict. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. that's exactly
2: right. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, well, considering that this is our episode on conflict resolution, uh, we have an amazing game lined up. So uh, stay with us because when we come back, the hosts of No Chill Enneagram will be playing enneagram super fight stay so with us excited. on today's episode of the enneacast we're exploring conflict resolution the truth is that all of us deal with conflict in different ways and some of us some of us have experienced very difficult conflict to hear one family's story of conflict and the miracles that followed listen to our other show the love thy neighborhood podcast Check out episode number six, where the gospel meets refugees. So my sister was kidnapped by a terrorist.
0: A lot of just emotional trauma. You have a lot of psychological trauma. So we went into the home. We were so excited. They were a large family of seven. He sat down, we were talking about a few things, and he said, who is Jesus? We're the entire airport.
2: So, subscribe now wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Just search Love Thy Neighborhood or head over to our website at slash podcast. Hey, welcome, welcome back to the Enneacast. I'm Jesse Eubanks. And I'm Sam Stevenson. And right now we're going to play Enneagram Super Fight. Okay, so uh, Rich, Bethany, Sam, this is how we're going to play Enneagram Super Fight. So Super Fight is a real game that the Love That Neighborhood staff loves to play in the office. And we have adapted it just for you guys. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. Sam and I are going to draw randomly one Enneagram type. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be uh, the fighter. Yes. And then... We're going to draw some cards that are going to have some random attributes. We have no idea what these attributes are going to be. There's no way for us to predict. And then what's going to happen is, uh, Rich, I'm going to build your fighter. And then Sam is going to build Bethany's fighter. And then the two of you are going to argue about <laughs> whose fighter would win in a real fight. Does that Easy? sound good? Yeah. I, uh, Jesse, I hope you're a good fighter builder uh i went to school for it <laughs> uh okay so then uh so we're gonna we're gonna do uh we're gonna do best two out of three so uh so let's yeah, let's see one. what happens so round one sam go ahead and uh I'll let right. ladies first i trust you sam
3: all right bethany you are an enneagram six okay all right you're attribute number one so enneagram six but you're inside a giant hamster ball <laughs> <laughs> and
0: phobic right phobic yeah six.
3: oh okay cool this is great yeah, you're an Enneagram 6. You're inside a giant hamster ball and you're really hangry. Wow. So you're hungry and you're
2: angry. Okay, let's see. Okay, uh, Rich, you are an Enneagram 1?
0: Oh dang. And I feel like I've been set up.
2: Yeah, you are an Enneagram 1 armed with a machine gun, but you have jellyfish instead of hands. <laughs>
3: so I good lose. Luck. <laughs>
2: Okay, so, uh, so you guys, you guys each uh, st- stake your claim. So, Bethany, you go first. Okay.
1: Well, I feel like I can personally relate to this because when I am hangry, like I'm ready to throw down. Uh, so yeah, and then obviously this Enneagram Six is very fearful of ever getting out of this giant hamster ball to be able to eat again yeah I like that um and so they are you know how when sixes like they feel threatened or they feel backed into a corner and then they just go like all counterphobic like and attack you that's that's what this person is doing like they they will not stop until they get out of this hamster ball and kill you because we're we're fighting to the death right (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah, it's too oh, uh, t- uh, the- yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. We don't mess we don't
3: mess around <laughs> with the no chill. Well, Somebody said <laughs> chill earlier and I
1: latched
2: onto right. so, it. So yeah, yeah, this is the this is the no this is the no chill inia cast right now. Yeah. So okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, okay, Rich go for it. So um the one is very concerned about the whole hamster ball situation <laughs> and you not having food uh and wants you to be able to eat. It's mostly empathetic and like feels like In order for the world to be right You need to eat So it shoots It shoots the hamster ball open And then the six realizes that It can't It can't It actually doesn't like being outside of the hamster ball Because it doesn't feel safe anymore
3: This is like a whole scenario Especially when it realizes
0: that There is a literal person with jellyfish hands Right in front of them And it runs away and And then passes out Because it hasn't eaten in a while (laughs) she <laughs> or he hasn't eaten in a while
3: yeah this went from like describing how you would win to just like describing how the fight would go down <laughs> which i love so yeah
2: i don't really know what to say to that um yeah i feel disturbed <laughs> by your description there rich uh okay you know we'll do this we'll do this uh we have producer rachel zabo in the studio with us right now so she's in the background so uh rachel who do you she's vote the for tiebreaker she's our tiebreaker
3: i vote for the six.
2: Okay, yeah. the 6-1. Six, the six Yes! Yeah. The 6-1. So, ladies team, you have one point. Okay, Sam, All draw right. another one.
3: All right, Bethany, round two, you are an Enneagram 3. Okay. And you are armed with nun- nunchucks. Okay. And your entire body is very sticky. <laughs> <laughs> sticky body. Okay. So you're just a really sticky three with some nunchucks. So you have a weapon, <laughs> which is going to go well.
2: Okay, so Rich, you are an Enneagram 2, and you have majestic flaming antlers growing out of your head, (laughs) and you shoot poison darts from your nose. Wait, from my what? Your nose. From your nose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot going on with the face.
2: I know it feels it feels like he should have been an enneagram four. That's a very All unique right. little creature, yeah. right there. I'm ready. Okay, okay, yeah, Rich, go talk. for it. The two,
0: the two is a charmer, and charms the the three, um, and and they become um, they start dating, and then they <laughs> and they get this is about they, fighting. No, listen, the fight will not come. <laughs> Then the, then the they start they get engaged so and then they get weird. married and of course they don't okay. kiss until they're married. Okay. When but when they are married they say you may kiss the bride or groom. Um. But they uh, the moment they kiss, there's um the majestic flaming antlers antlers sets the other person on fire and then a poison dart comes out of their nose okay. and that's the end of the
1: fight. Wait a minute! Wow, <laughs> you this person. Kills the three at their yes. wedding. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> okay. I feel like I was pretty clear. very sticky okay. three.
3: Okay. All right. I'm ready.
1: <laughs> yeah,
3: Bethany, tell us how ready, you would win this fight. Ready to
1: counterattack. Okay. Yeah. So the, the Enneagram three has been practicing and taking nunchucks <laughs> lessons for their entire <laughs> life. So they are lethal with the nunchucks. Okay. And- do I have to go along with the story, like the no. the wedding day? <laughs> yes, I'm going to no. do it. Okay, <laughs> okay, because they haven't kissed until their wedding, right?
0: Naturally, yeah.
1: So when they do, <laughs> the three sticks up with their sticky body yes. and then just <laughs> and then just pulls out the nunchucks before the poison dart sets in, and then. I feel like
0: if you have to do anything, quote, before the poison dart sets in, you have lost the fight.
1: No, you didn't say how how fast acting the poison is. Hmm. I don't don't know. I think
3: I'm just gonna vote here and say that Rich has at least an offensive weapon, which are the darts. Um, you can only defend yourself with the nunchucks and you're just really sticky. So like forget the wedding scenario. I think that like in, in, a, in a normal fight, like the poison dart would stick to you. Even if it didn't hit you, like you would still be impacted. So I think Rich, I think Rich wins. Okay. I'm just okay. just going to hijack well, the well, conversation.
2: Well, okay. I, I tend to agree, but we'll turn to Rachel Zabo. <laughs> Rachel says... Rich,
3: yeah, yeah, I
2: agree, I agree. Rich, good, good job, good job. Okay, all right, so, uh, so it's one, it's one to one, down to the wire. Okay, so here we go.
3: All right, Bethany, round three. You are the best number uh, nine. Okay, so good luck in a fight in general. (laughs) So so they're just so funny. You are morbidly obese, (laughs) and you have tiny bird legs. (laughs) You have tiny bird legs, but you're morbidly obese, (laughs) and you're a nine. (laughs) So just, like, good luck.
2: (laughs) So you are a nine who is morbidly obese with tiny bird legs.
3: (laughs) I have tears in my eyes. That's so funny. (laughs) Tiny
2: bird legs. Okay, Rich, you are a four yeah uh the problem though is that you are six inches tall (laughs) and uh, you can summon an army of internet trolls i have what (laughs) okay so you are a four who is six inches tall and you can summon an army of internet trolls as we know
0: are very lethal
2: so basically i'm modern day
0: napoleon (laughs) yeah
1: yeah, it's my bird. <laughs> it's my bird legs against an army of
3: trolls. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're fighting um, someone who's six inches tall. So keep that in mind. That you can just sit on them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay. So,
1: oh, am I going first? Uh,
2: yeah. Yes, ladies first. Ladies first.
1: Okay. So I'm a nine. Uh, I have become this person now. I'm a nine, and. Though nines are very peaceful, I have been really unhealthily stuffing all of my feelings of rage for my entire life. Oh, um, and I'm about oh. to just have a moment of reckoning. Like I'm about to punch a wall because <laughs> all of the feelings are just gonna come up for the first time in my whole entire life. <laughs> oh, and, wow. and I'm I'm gonna use I'm gonna kick you with my tiny bird legs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I feel like you gave up there at the end. That was pretty good.
3: I did. i gonna <laughs> sit on you. I don't she's know. At a nine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the adrenaline just slowly I don't have fades. Much
1: to nine. Work with.
0: Okay, that, was, yeah, a, that was a good attempt. I respect that. Thank you. But I'm a I'm a six inch tall four enneagram four, and uh, I feel like literally everything everyone says is a slight against my height. Um I take everything personally in that way and you uh were kick trying to kick me with your tiny bird legs and I thought that you were just trying to make fun of me for my height by comparing me to your foot oh. <laughs> and and so I summoned russian trolls to hack your to hack your bank account and um, clean it out <laughs> And then they bought um, a bazooka with it and then they shot you. <laughs> okay, well, joke's on you
1: because I'm a nine and I've been taking a way easier, lower paying job than I could really achieve if I worked my hardest. Oh,
3: oh, shoot. So she doesn't even have any okay. money. Yeah, so I have no money.
1: Yeah. And I, I avoid budgeting like the plague, so I just spend all my money. I feel attacked
2: again. Dude, I, I'm i sorry, Rich. I'm giving that to Bethany. That was incredible.
0: Yeah, that was pretty yes. solid. But I didn't know we could counterattack like that.
2: I had to. <laughs> uh, fair. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that was fun. All right. Well, thank you. Well, uh, uh, ladies, you all are our winners of Enneagram Super Fight. Congratulations. Thank
1: you. Yay.
2: Thank you.
0: Boo.
1: I feel proud that I made a nine win a fight.
0: Um, that's true. That was really impressive.
3: Me too. I feel proud that I won a fight.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got Enneagram skills. Thank you. Uh, okay, so we ask every guest that comes on the episode five final questions, and so we're going to do that now.
3: Question one. So we're going to ask both of you. Um, Bethany, you can go first. Um, what actor or actress would play you in a movie?
1: Okay. Um, I choose Maya Rudolph because she's so funny Ooh, and pretty. That's a good answer. Yeah.
0: Rich, what about you? Oh, yeah. I uh, choose Matthew McConaughey. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> because he's so funny and pretty. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a good answer. Um, and I like his, his laissez-faire attitude. But if we're being real, it's probably David
2: Schwimmer. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Ross. Yeah. Yeah. What about Matthew McConaughey's abs on oh David gosh. Schwimmer? Could you uh, do
0: that? That would give me
2: real nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, next question. Uh, if you had a phone that could call your 21 year old self, what would you say to them about conflict? I would probably, I would probably honestly
0: try and. Rem- uh, okay. Here's what I would say Rich. You are capable of being empathetic. You have the potential to be incredibly good at empathy, and you're not doing it right now, and it's going to help you in your life if you do that. It's going to help you with conflict to actually stop and consider what other people feel as opposed to just yourself.
2: Yeah, that's good. Bethany, what
1: about you? Uh, Okay. I think I would tell myself to hold all of my relationships more loosely and more open-handedly, uh, because conflict would be much less painful if i um, if I didn't make relationships as ultimate
3: as I did back then. That's a good answer. Um, Okay. So question three, how can friends and loved ones affirm you with how you handle conflict? So emotional realness and positive outlook stuff. Um, Definitely. Like
1: I think if anyone knows anything about twos, they'll know that conflict is so hard for twos. So just affirm them. Like when a two comes to you and is going to tell you something that they are struggling with or mad at you about or whatever, um, affirm them and let them, let them know that you still love them and that this isn't going to break your relationship.
3: That's good. Rich. Yeah. That's
1: good. yeah
0: I'm going to say, um, with fours, there is a lot of sh- potential for shame. Um, and I think fours need to know that they need to know when it's not their fault. They need to know, um, That when it is their fault, it's not like the end of the world. And it doesn't say something about you ontologically, like about who you are as a person. It just means you made a mistake. Um, And so don't let a four do your best to affirm a four so that they are not sitting in their own shame for hours or God forbid days at a time. Um, Yeah, that's what I would say.
2: Yeah, that's good. Um, okay. Number four, how does the gospel transform how you handle conflict?
0: Yeah. For me, it's about, for me, grace. I just constantly come back to grace. I think that God has shown us so much, so much grace. I mean, it's kind of silly to even like try and quantify it. He's shown us infinite grace (laughs) and yet we are so we have such little for others and for ourselves. And I think, I think that like, if we could just comprehend a little bit what that grace is, I think we'd be easier on ourselves. And I think we'd be easier on other people, even if they really have wrongness, even if we have to break that relationship, I think it, it would be less life shattering and earth shattering for us in that moment. Yeah, that's good.
1: I think, um, because the gospel is uh, God reconciling us to himself, and it's about reconciliation. Um, just knowing and believing that we, we have that in us, that's part of who we are um, as being created in God's image, is we're reconciled and we're reconcilers. Um, so for those of us who might want to shy away from conflict, uh, knowing that it's worth it.
3: All right, so last question. What scripture verse do each of you hold dear as it relates to your personality type?
1: Well, I picked a scripture verse. I don't know how much it relates to my personality type. Um, but it's Hebrews 6:19 through20 about our hope being anchored in Christ.
3: Do you have the verse pulled up? Can you read it like verbatim if that's okay.
1: We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters in the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek.
3: That's good. Rich, what about you?
0: Um, Philippians 2, 5, through a few verses, through 7, I think. Um, Have this mind among yourselves, which is, in, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptying himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. I find that, like, act of humility really inspiring and uh, convicts me all yeah, the
2: time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. It's been awesome having you guys on today. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. We
0: loved it. It was fun.
2: Okay, so here's the other thing. If uh, if listeners haven't actually caught on to this yet, but we are actually also guests over on the No Chill Enneagram as well. So, uh, so make sure that you head over and check out No Chill Enneagram. It's a place to go completely. Completely become the deepest Ennea nerds that you want to be um, so, All your uh, so you dreams can
3: come true at the No Chill Enneagram
2: <laughs> that's right uh, so subscribe to uh, the No Chill Enneagram uh, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts thank you to our special guests uh, Rich Clark Bethany Perkins No Chill Enneagram also, thank you to Crosspoint Ministry that trained us in the Enneagram. They do amazing work. They have a ton of incredible retreats that are going to impact your life and make a huge difference. Uh, the book that we referenced earlier is The Modern Enneagram by Casey Berghoff and Melanie Bell. Uh, the game that we played is Super Fight. You can learn more by going to superfightgame.com. Our show is a production of Love Thy Neighborhood. Love thy neighborhood provides social action
3: internships supported by Christian Community for young adults ages 18 to 30. Serve for a summer or a year. Grow in your faith and life skills. Learn more at lovethyneighborhood.org.
2: Today's episode was produced by myself and Sam Stevenson. Uh, engineering and editing by Rachel Zabo. Music for today's episode comes from Murphy DX. I'm Sam Stevenson. And I'm Jesse Eubanks. Remember, the eye can see everything but itself. Find people to journey with you because you were created for community.